In this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison crashes all the ships. And then he just shows up and is like, well, first of all, she gets all fucking upset because she thinks that Lucy's right. married to him. And then he just shows up and, and also is like still being weird, not doing anything to talk about the situation. Eleanor finally mentions it, mentions the fact that he has a wife and he's like, wait, no, I don't. And then is like, I'm here to ask you to marry me. <laughs> I'm like, I was just so, in- I mean, I'm sure, sh- whatever. I just think it's ridiculous how supportive of him she was the entire time when all he did was lie. and I read Sense and Sensibility this month. I reread it. That's what I did. Fuck. What, what's the name of our podcast? God damn it. Hold on. Hi guys, I'm Kales. This is Novel Predictions and I reread Sense and Sensibility this month. And I'm Allison and I read it for the first time. It only took me three times to get that intro correct. Um, yeah, because we haven't been doing this for what? We're on lots of episodes. I think it's like 14, 15, 16, something. Oh, usually it's written up there. I think it's 16. I don't know. Math. Anyway, um, it's just addition, but we, that's what we read this month. This is Novel Predictions, which is a podcast where two friends, myself and Allison, uh, make each other read a book that the other one has read, and then we have to predict what's going to happen in that book. And this month, I made Allison read Sense and Sensibility, because it was Valentine's Day, is in the month of February, and Valentine's Day was just yesterday of us recording this, so a couple days from when we're going to post it. And I was like, let's do a romance. And originally I was going to give her a YA romance. And then I was like, actually, I've been, I gave myself a personal goal to read every Jane Austen book this year. And so I was like, she hasn't read them all. So I'm going to make her read Sense and Sensibility. And we had a predictions episode. It didn't go well. I mean, it went, it went, you did some (laughs) things right. You totally fucked up the pairings. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, I got them exactly opposite. Exactly wrong. <laughs> but you got that Willoughby was a fucktard. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we're going to get to Willoughby. Um, but that's 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 our podcast. Uh, follow us on all the social media, please, and thank you. We're at Novel Predictions on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Allison has this cool giveaway that's been going on uh, with bookmarks and stickers. If you leave a five-star review and leave us a comment on the Apple iTunes podcast. Just screenshot that your review, and then you get a sticker and a bookmark from us from our awesome new logo design that Allison had. Did yeah, I get just it right? send it to us. DM us, and we will yeah. mail you stuff. It's fun. It's cool. I've been giving out bookmarks, and people think the podcast is really cool. So thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it, and those reviews are super helpful, especially in the world of book podcasts, because... Not only is that like podcasting, it feels like everybody and their mom has a podcast, but then it's like <laughs> you get down to book podcasting and it's like, why would people want to listen to that? Well, I actually think we can be kind of funny and entertaining and, and talk about books that most people have read, except the except other one. Except for the, uh, us. <laughs> except for <laughs> us. Well, we've done some popular books. Um, but that being said, we're, we're, we're venturing back into the 1800s. Oh, God. With... Uh, like really, like truly, like we true are true eighteen hundreds. Like we had an issue with ages last episode. Yeah, that's kind of wonky. Continuing. Yes, it's. I know a rant is coming. I know <clears throat> it's, it's fine. coming. It's fine. Whatever. No, it's. I have opinions, and you'll hear them. I'm sure you do. Um, do you want to start off with your general thoughts about the book? Because you're done with it. You got through it. Cause... Yeah. Um, I didn't end up liking it as much as I had originally hoped well, that makes me sad i mean it wasn't bad i know i liked it but i thought i was gonna love it and yeah. i didn't love it because but you really liked emma right that's the I one did, jane austen that you've read that I you did, really enjoyed i did enjoy emma i think that um i wanted more twists and turns than this book gave me that's fair yeah and you didn't get a lot of them and there's, like, a couple that I definitely didn't see coming because mm-hmm. it was characters we didn't know. 
but I don't know. Maybe I was reading too much, like hoping my predictions were right. And then I was like, no. Um, also, I was annoyed by some of the, um, I don't, I, like, obviously the men are all kind of idiots. And like, I don't think any of them are really that great. That's okay. Honestly. No, that's okay. Most people rank the Sense and Sensibility men lower than Emma. Like, Mr. Knightley's awesome. Yeah. And Darcy. And um, they they rank... They, Colonel Brandon and Edward t- kind of rank a little low. They're just... Like, I get that a lot of things were creating dramatic tension with how Edward was handling his situation and everything. But it just is, like, so disingenuous of him. And I just felt... Like, he was not deserving of Eleanor. So, we can talk about that when we get to talking about the relationships in general, but... I have such a pouty face like right now. <laughs> I'm just like, bam, man. I mean, he's, like, fine, I guess. No, it's okay. I mean, it's not... I also picture, though, him as Hugh Grant, so, like, that ups his awesomeness to another degree, and Colonel Brandon is played by Alan Rickman. Yeah. So, you know, that that's where my head goes. Yeah, so overall, I... It was okay. That's fine. I'll um, take it okay. I was struggling to actually read it. I had to end up listening to it, which I normally don't listen to the books when it's the first read through. Yeah. But for this one, I just could not concentrate. It did. It took some extra brain power. I would say it's probably the most literary of all the books that we've chosen. Oh, on absolutely. This and the, I mean, just the way of writing in the English is different. So it's just different. It's like you have to translate it. Right. You know, because it is, while it is English, but the formatting and the vernacular are so different that you really have to kind of adjust and twist the words to fit your, to fit your way of talking. Well, and I also think that the balance of, like, character, like, dialogue exposition is so heavy. Yeah. Like, let me tell you a story and it's going to be 20 pages long. And you're like, please don't. Can we tell a shorter story? How about you abridge your story? Because I'm tired of hearing about your woeful mistakes with the lady and how it's not your fucking fault, Willoughby. Okay. That, that is a reason that that's cut out of the movie because it's the most pitiful I can't believe she's like, yes, I actually do kind of. No, that makes me kind of hate Eleanor like a little bit more. Um, It's the one section of the book that I wish was gone because when Willoughby comes back and it's like, this wasn't really my fault. It's like, I'm no bullshit. You impregnated her, you asshole. Yeah, it's not like you didn't know what you were doing. Essentially. Yeah. And then you basically did the same thing to Marianne just without ruining her yeah which is without impregnating like her. if you had been there longer maybe you would have yeah you fucked hard yeah and I, and eleanor was like yes actually i do forgive you and pity you i'm like you know what no yeah no it made that was one of the instances where it was very obvious that it's not a modern story yes i feel like in a modern story they would just be like fuck you like and in most get out modern of my stories they are and in most adaptations that section's taken they out because it. it's very much considered this like weak section that everybody's like why are we forgiving him he well, was a not- dick and it wasn't like a good reason yeah. it wasn't like colonel brandon's at least you felt sympathy when he was talking about what happened with him and his misgivings and the girl and the, all the things and but willoughby's it was just like you fucked up she didn't fuck up yeah but i think what it does inversely is show how man-centric that time period was in general. Sure, sure. And while Austin is considered a highly feminist author, there are still, she still is a product of her time. Right. And that, like, the men needed to be forgiven even though they fucked up. Which is wrong. Right. <laughs> I just hate so much that they focus on the fact that, like, he, that they were going to get married rather, and, like, his betrayal to Marianne when the, they don't focus on the fact that he impregnated a girl and basically yeah. left her for dead in that society. Like, it bothers me so much. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Wickham is so evil. I'm like, no, no, no. He actually married Lydia. Like, they're fine. <laughs> also, like, this dude was engaged. Was he engaged the whole time? Willoughby? Or was he just, like, no. thought he was going to probably marry this girl? He just thought he was probably going to marry her. <sighs> like, yeah. What? Uh, he's such a dick. I know. And- <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing that you can agree on is that like Willoughby is a is uh. Willoughby is a huge dick and 
and it's obvious that he's like supposed to be like you know that's his characterization he's the villain but i will argue through the course of in my dissertation as we talk through this this is great um i will argue that colonel brandon might be the only man who's not a dick in this book i might be inclined to agree with you because i can see the points there yeah and i think colonel bland brandon's only flaw is that he's older i think he's yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie like because because he has such great actions like you think about it jane austen has this thing about actions versus words especially in this book but throughout her books the idea is what the man does versus what the man says is a huge topic of discussion yeah and colonel brandon is one of those men that does the things you know when when um marianne needs her mother he goes and gets the mother he listens to her he he when he, she asks him to leave, he leaves. Like, he, they do, when they do the things, they listen to the women and actually, like, show their affection mm-hmm. rather than just Willoughby was like, I love everything and I'm going to do all the things and then nope. And it's just like, that doesn't work. So, and Edward, I would, you're probably right that Edward was like, <laughs> meh. Edward is wishy-washy and I hate that he ends up with Eleanor, but it's just like, we can talk about it. Yeah. But like, I think that, I just love Eleanor so much because I relate to her so hardcore. And I really like Eleanor too, which is why I wish that she had ended up with somebody I respected more than Edward. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So should we get in basically just the long story short of that? Like, I really love Jane Austen and I realized that I've been in love with these stories for a really long time. And I wanted to actually sit down and read the text again instead of just rewatching the movies over and over, which I'm still doing. Yeah. And watching the miniseries and the movies. But. I basically wanted to read these, and so how did I was you like, feel on your reread? I loved it. You I still the love whole it. time I remember being like, just reacting to it because I was listening to it, and when I listen to it, I just feel so emboldened to like talk in my car. And I remember during like Willoughby's speech, I was like, "You idiot! There's no way she'll take you back and forgive you. You're such an idiot." And also, he's like, currently married when he's over here giving this. I know, speech. I know, I know, I know, I know. Which I forgot until Eleanor was like, what about Mrs. Willoughby? And I was like, wait, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you're married, dude. Um, no, it, it, and, and, but not only that, it was like also when, when Marianne was like lamenting, I was like, I'm so sorry. You're like, not like, you're so sad. And then when Eleanor finally cries and has this outward of emotion, I just, I love it. <laughs> and I do. It's, I, I think my, I think my trend is historical romance. I really do. It's not a paranormal romance person, not a not a, a modern romance person. I think I like my historical romances. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm there with you. Yeah. But I, again, like modern modern historical romance. Modern text. Yeah, that's <laughs> because fine. Because then I like having more modern heroines. That's okay. And men that I can respect. <laughs> that's fine. But, but I didn't, you know, like I said, I didn't dislike it. I just... I wanted more than I got, I think. That's fair. I can, I can, uh, I can understand that. I just think, I think I'm biased. Right. I think it's like when we read John Green. Is that like, I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm giving you some of my favorites and I'm like, I could just reread these. Because Austin's stories are very much like John Green's stories for me and that they're some of the few that I will revisit. Because I'm not a big rereader, period. Yeah. So, all right, let me pull up our questions. To see how, let's face it, not great. <laughs> bad. Not great. You did very bad. You didn't do very bad. You got the villain, which, That's... I mean, because I was like, if she says one of them ends up with Willoughby, I'm going to laugh my head off. But she just... I felt like he was very clearly the villain from the yes. beginning. Yes. Yes. All right. Where the fuck are the questions? They're there. Okay. So, we have a series of questions, the way that this works on Novel Predictions, um, that helps us go through... Um, kind of just key plot points um and then we tack on anything else that we want at the end and normally we start with the question of does the mc fall in love but because we knew this was a romance we were going to start with we ended actually with that one so we started with what tropes do you think you'll see and allison said convoluted um definitely a love triangle if not a square and or like a pentagram a star with poor little (laughs) eleanor up over here it's like a it's like a it's like the big dipper and she's the tail oh Um, no that's so poor sad. Eleanor. <laughs> poor Eleanor. Um, There's a lot of poor Eleanors. I also, 
and I also think that it's going to be one of those, I don't know if this is a trope that has a name. I feel like we make up a lot of tropes on this podcast, but we do um, where there's like the three siblings and one of them is just like an accessory piece that has no part in the story. Yes. Like Peggy yeah. and Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's Margaret. You got this one right. Actually. I have a lot of them, right? Yeah. Because one of the ones that you mentioned was like sister that goes away. Yeah. Margaret's like, just not there. No, well, I mean, they leave, I guess. But. Yes. But part of the time when they come back, it's like, I, I remember thinking when um, Mrs. Dashwood comes to rescue Marianne and stuff, I'm like, who's watching Margaret? Right. Anybody? Bueller? Margaret's like 12. I okay. do like that the very like last line of the book basically is about Margaret's old enough now that we can like, she matters because we can talk about her romantic prospects. Yes. Um, you got that one right. Mm-hmm. You also got the sister tropes right in terms of like their underlying love but conflicting nature right like like super supportive of each other even though they don't understand at all like what the other's going through no and they have some really great moments i think throughout the book and you picked up on that early on and it continues through the story yeah i think of the you know the aspects of this book that i really liked um the interpersonal relationship between the sisters is my maybe my favorite part yeah especially because i don't really like me like i didn't like marianne very much because geez girl (laughs) get it together no i want to know okay but wait you gotta you gotta expand on that what do you what do you mean by geez girl get it together okay first of all what are you doing with willoughby like what is happening right now because i love that the entire time it's assumed that they're engaged and then all of a sudden she's like wait no, of course we're not engaged. And you're like, what the fuck, Marianne? <laughs> like, what were, what were you doing? And, like, she's writing him all these letters. And, like, I get that. But also the fact that she doesn't catch any hints that he's a dick. Like, they just fly straight over her head. And Eleanor's the whole time like, um, did you did you see what happened? And Mary's like, he's so beautiful. Well, and it has to go back to Marianne's theory. Because in a weird way, Marianne's a perfectionist. That's a a really interesting argument of that she is good at a lot of things she does. She's very pretty. She has great musical skills. She's known to be, like, the lady, prettier than Eleanor, the whole thing. And so she uses that kind of social prowess that she has to develop this theory that love will just happen for her because things have just happened for her in her life. And she thinks that heartbreak won't happen for someone like her and that's why like one love is her true is the right, true yeah, love that's never her find whole, a second love or yeah that's her yeah. whole theory and so that's why when willoughby comes along and she's so infatuated with him and so infatuated with these stories i mean come on what's their fucking meet cute is he picks her up when it's raining yeah and she's fallen down a fucking hill and broken her ankle or rolled it or whatever because she's a damsel in distress but like that fits her picture perfect idea of things so she becomes blind to his dickishness i'm not saying that's great i'm not saying it's the best quality but to me it's a really interesting factor when marianne has to go through this sense of failure for her because you know unfortunately these women are built up to marry and be successful and find love and well and i just think and she doesn't (laughs) instantly it's yeah it's hard for me to read her though because it's very and it's funny because we had this discussion during the predictions but they're like she especially is a freaking she's a fucking teenager like yeah she's 19 she's 17 in the beginning marianne she's 17 through this whole thing she's 19 when she marries colonel brandon i finished it this oh so it's yeah no you're right because eleanor's 19 eleanor is currently 19 yeah during the the do you know do you want to know why i always fuck it up because kate winslet was 19 when she filmed the movie Oh, that's why I always fuck it up in my head. Yeah. So Marion's 17. So she's very like. She is. It's like reading a YA romance. She's like, okay, but think about it. You know, it's like reminds me of my friends relationships in high school. Like, yeah, where it was like this, you know, great thing. But but at the same time, I do think that most people would notice the kind of inattention being paid to you or the the weird distancing it was very in that aspect actually it was very gothic like are you talking about are you are you oh okay i'm thinking 
my argument was more for like the early stages before he left her. No, I mean like after. I mean after, after yeah. they're in London and she's writing him and he's not writing back and she sees him at a party and he like avoids her and like kind of makes a cutting remark and then she gets the letter which we learned later was not written by him. Yep, really, but was written by his wife but he penned it which like fuck off willoughby if you're willing to write all that shit down and then send it to someone you're a terrible person yeah anyway and so is his wife and they deserve each other and y'all can just go make evil babies (laughs) together yeah but but again think about if 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 we're going off this theory of marianne's perfectionism she's trying to make this work at all fucking costs so she can't see it because instead she's got these blinders on of he might be being distant but I'm going to, like, there's one excuse she has about the weather is the reason he's oh, not yeah. writing her. Yeah. Like, th- that's 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 how desperate she is to try and make this work. Because if she has this belief, right, that this that it's one love or nothing, you know, that's what she's instilled in herself, 17 or no, the idea of that failing for her is so traumatic. Maybe that's what it is, is it's really hard for me to relate to because I don't relate to the idea that I my my belief can't be changed yeah when evidence supports something else mm-hmm. so I think that might be where I'm having trouble with her because it's like there's so much evidence yes like what are you doing like there's empirical evidence that this guy either didn't like you ever or is just cutting you now for no good reason or is have has some huge secret from you and you don't the fact that she can't, she isn't changeable in any way and she's can't make that jump, it's, it was hard for me. No, and I can, I can see that and I can understand that. I just, as someone who's like written fucking essays on this book, like loves the idea that Marianne, who actually is supposed to be the sensibility and the heart portion of this, is actually very stuck in her ways, which is counteractive to what we think is like, the connotation of the heart is it being kind of wishy-washy and flexible and you know but instead she's actually very rigid in what she thinks um and i just find that fascinating i mean i don't disagree with you i just think that like as a reader not reading it academically i was like this is just obnoxious because because she is obnoxious she's so obnoxious you're driving me insane because you're not acting like like it's very i guess it's very tropey like she was she's she was in her box and she was not going to have any character growth until she was fully, like, destitute. Yeah. So. And I, that, I mean, it makes sense, character development-wise. Yeah. I just wish that I just, there had been a little bit more gradual character development with her. Well, and I just wish that Colonel Brandon wasn't so old. Because, like, she wrote him off so quickly. And I'm like, if you just paid attention to how good he is, huh, you'd get it. But she gets it later. Yeah. But then there's a really creepy theory about, like, that I don't like to talk about because it, like, undermines Brandon and, like, he's trying to replace Eliza. I mean, that's, like, not... I I don't... It's not wrong, but it just makes my heart hurt. It talks about how much he's, like, she looks just like her and, like, all this shit. And you're, like, gross, dude. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, I know. But I also think that... And the fact that he has a daughter is also really weird to me, but okay. It's not his biological daughter, but the fact that he, like, takes care of the girl. Well, I also think it's interesting that... And I didn't feel so creeped out by that speech, because it felt more like he was... Less that he was comparing them physically, and more that he was comparing them, like, their emotional state. Yes. And, like, Which is what he finds attractive about them both. Right. Which is, like, yeah. Like, this passion and, and all this stuff. But then he talks about how he saw it go so horribly wrong with Eliza and trying to save her from that, which, you know, okay. I don't, Again, older book. Don't like savior complexes. It's fine. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What other tropes did I get right? Um, <laughs> or wrong? No, uh, you, you, you basically caught on to the majority of them, of it being like this Victorian novel. You, you said that there was going to be like a lost love, thing in the sense of um or like, like a red herring yeah like, red herring love which was willoughby um you caught on to most of the stereotypes because the stereotypes were derived from this you yeah. know what i mean she's one of the og right romance ones so you did really well on that front um the next question was is there a mentor and allison said i think there might be someone who is going to nudge them 
maybe both of them um, to a more middle ground place from their like sense and sensibility, you know, like high, oh, yeah. high emotion versus high logic. So you again, we're kind of right in terms of there is a lady that helps them, but not in the way that you said. Yeah. So who I mean, who do you think the mentor is like? Honestly, because I don't really know. I don't know. To me, I think it's in different facets of their life. I think the mentor that helps them, like, into society to, like, become ladies and have... Miss Jennings. Yes. Um, But then I think that they're, in a weird way, mentors to each other, which I think is the point of the book, that they teach each other. Yeah, sure. But that's, I mean, that's not your typical mentor thing. You were wanting some other outside person to come in and, like whop them on the head Rafiki style and be like, y'all are being stupid. Yeah, I did and, want somebody to come in. And Rafiki nobody style. did that. Nobody did that. No, you're right. Nobody even came in and was like, you'll be stupid, <laughs> except to each other. Because they eventually, right. Marianne was like, Eleanor, you're being an idiot. Why don't you love him? And Eleanor's like, you don't understand my heartbreak. Yeah. And then Marianne, and then inverse, when when Eleanor was like, I know you were engaged and I'm so sorry. And Marianne's like, Wait, we weren't engaged. She goes, you dumbass. Like, <laughs> like so what the hell? Oh, yeah. So they kind of did that Rafiki stick on the head to each other. Um, so there, like, wasn't a mentor is how I interpret that. Yeah. I think that I, I would say that there wasn't one. Yeah. Because I think Miss Jennings is, like, kind of, but not really. I she causes her more thing. problems than she's helped. I know. But I still love her. Can I? Did you Did you still love her by the end? I did or did really you just like find her, her annoying? I did like her a lot. But I, th- I thought it was really funny that... Um, when she asked the questions about, like, pick, it's not pickles. It's some other food when, like, Marianne is, like, crying her eyes out and has been doing it for days. And she's like, I'm going to go to the market and get, does she like these things? Oh, and right. is, like, trying to help. Well, and it's I just not it, helpful. I thought it was interesting. I expected, because she made, like, this conviction at the very beginning, like, Marianne's going to marry Colonel Brandon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But then I I expected her to, like, stay that course. And she doesn't. I mean, she's no. like, she just, like, jumps on whatever ship she sees um and is like oh the next ship actually i like that one i like the cannons Mm -hmm. um but anyway so i I expected her to be more consistent and i like the like kind of dotty old lady quality of her where she's like oh it'll be so great like these will they'll be together and it'll be you just totally made her minnesotan and it was the best it's like that tater tot hot dish right there. This is gonna be so great, and these weddings are gonna be amazing, don't you know? And I loved, I loved the scene where Colonel Brandon was um, telling Eleanor about the uh, commission for Edward or whatever, yes. and she's like kind of eavesdropping, and she like hears all these things, and is like, oh, they're planning the wedding, and all this, and then like throughout the following day her and Eleanor have several conversations where they both just like miss the fact they're talking about completely different things and then all of a sudden Eleanor's like wait what we're not talking about my wedding well and that's the thing is that like you think about it but you forget how humorous Austin is yeah she's funny it's those funny clever books and whether they are like Shakespearean misinterpretations or miscommunications or witty batty characters and snarky sister comments it's funny yeah amongst the drama and that's why like they're romantic comedies in a way because it's so i don't know i find them so entertaining i enjoy the comedy that is in there um you know like charlotte can we talk about her daughter real quick like just how like she just talks and talks and talks and talks and like vomits out all of this information yeah about like how weird and gross her marriage is right and she's like but i didn't actually hear it in the doorway, and it's like, and Eleanor's like, wait, you're asking me to relay information that you only heard through, like, a keyhole? No, that was, um... Was that not the daughter? No, that was Nancy Steele. Oh, well, I love her, too. She was, I think when she... she was, like, talking about Edward and uh, Lucy... Yes. And her, Edward offering to let Lucy out of the marriage, and Lucy being like, no, I still love you, and everybody's like, oh, fuck, okay. Yeah. But not in that way. But then she's like, yeah, I mean, I, like, heard most of it because I was by the door, <laughs> Yeah. And Eleanor's like, I can't. Forget about Nancy. I can't, I can't tell people that. Like, yeah. what are you doing? No, it's, it's good. Yeah, Charlotte is like, because her husband's super weird. Right, but the husband in the end is like a good guy. A good guy, he's but just he's just like, like, is with a really annoying woman. and <laughs> He's just bizarre. Are you ready for this? In the movie, Charlotte's played by Dolores Umbridge. Oh, my God. And the husband is played by Hugh Laurie House. 
That's a very weird pairing. It's perfect. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So much so that when I saw Harry Potter, I was like, oh, that's Charlotte. And then she was the most horrifying Most horrible person. woman ever. And instead you get the batty woman's daughter, who's just as batty. Um, so, yeah, that's the mentor thing. Um, moving on to the next question. Yeah. Who is going to die? And we kind of tweaked this a little bit of, like, does anybody... Is there going to be some, like, some grave illness or something? Yeah, grave like illness that? that sweeps through the nation. And Allison said... But maybe a near-death experience for one of the characters can, like, you know, reveals the actual, like, romantic intention and of somebody else. Ooh, you know I, mean? I like that. So, you... I, Again, eh. you were like, in a minute. I like got the circumstance of how it ended up playing out correctly, but not yeah. the actual thing. Mm-mm. Nope. And it it is how I said it does bracket like yes the Willoughby like sweeping in and being romantic and blah, blah 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 with her injury, which is like super minor. Yes. Versus the Colonel Brandon trying to be trying to do what he needs to do for her, like when trying she's to leave. That Ill. She tried to he tried to leave, and they were like, no, don't leave, and then. He went and got her mother instead of, like, staying by her side and pining and, like, right. being emotive. Um, he, like, did what was needed. He got and, shit done. Yes. Instead of being like, oh, I'm here. I'm going to carry you to the house. Now I'm leaving. Goodbye. Yes. And it's like he saves her in a different way. Yeah. And um, it's like a rejection of the Hans Christian Andersen, like, fairy tale yes. type, like, princeliness that, like, like... I'm thinking like Cinderella where, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody sweeps in and changes your life in an instant and then they're gone and then Mm -hmm. whatever, instead of being, seeing value in someone who is steady. Yeah. But I will say this. You're going to hurt my heart now, aren't you? I think it is the relationship between Colonel Brandon and Marianne was bizarre because it didn't actually ever happen. It was like Colonel Brandon's always back here. He's hanging out. Marianne's out doing whatever the fuck she wants with Willoughby and crying and being a baby. And he's just here. He never, like, says, I am also interested in you. Hello. He's, like, just back here, hanging back, hanging back the whole time. Taco's good out here style. And (laughs) seriously. Okay. Is that our first adventure zone? It might be. Surprisingly. surprisingly anyway. one of the podcasts that got us into podcasting let's oh god anyway and then he you know he's doing all this stuff and obviously eleanor is like fully aware and marianne is oblivious but then he goes to get her mom and he like blurts out that he loves her and so then the mother is like haha this is happening i've created this relationship even though the mother was all for willoughby and like oh, yeah. totally fucking defended because him because eleanor's like marianne. um um yeah because the mother and marianne are like the same person i hate going back to the movie but i love the movie so fucking much there's this great scene in the movie where marianne is crying and eleanor has has, after the argument with mother um mrs dashwood about willoughby the mother goes into her room and starts crying and margaret's there with a cup of tea trying to comfort marianne and marianne shuts her out and then margaret starts crying in this doorway and eleanor just sits on the stairs like fuck me and all of and they're, they're all three of them are sobbing in three different rooms and Eleanor is just like, well, shit. <laughs> but, like, it is true. Mrs. Dashwood is Marianne. Yeah. So so he, like, makes this pronouncement. And then it just all happens really fast because you, the story switches focus to Edward and Eleanor. Yes. And in the background, I guess, Marianne and, and Colonel Brandon are, like, creating this relationship. And then they get married two years later. Yes. So that just felt really cheap to me. Like, I was... Like I, a cop-out? Well, not a cop-out necessarily, but I just, like, felt... I felt like if I'm going to have a love story and it's going to be, like, this grand love story or whatever, give it to me. Like, don't don't just have me have the whole preamble of she's with another man and whatever, but I love her from afar. And then I do something heroic for her um, and then I confess my love to her mother, not her... And then skip forward two years, we're married. Like, there's no build of that building of that relationship other than him being there for her, like, as a brother would be. Like, he doesn't. It's it's <laughs> it's not romantic. Like Eleanor and Edward, which I will get into Edward later. But Eleanor and Edward at least have some kind of like romantic build. 
where he like comes for her and he asks her to marry him and all this stuff. So like, yeah, go ahead. But they don't. It's just like it's literally like friend zone, friend zone, friend zone, friend zone, friend zone. I confess my love to your mother. We skip forward two years and all of a sudden we're married. So this is more of a critique on structure. I guess. Like I, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, like I was frustrated with the the way that relationship built because I don't think it did. <laughs> I don't have anything to say to that except you're probably right. Like, can you can you argue against it? No. I just have a delusional fantasy about Dash about a uh, Colonel Brandon. It's fine. Cause he doesn't do fucking anything. He's just But he does. I mean he does a lot, but it's in the friend zone. He's in the friend zone. Maybe I'm just like a friend zone guys. <laughs> okay, but then it's not like No, you're right. She doesn't like you don't get any inner dialogue from her of her, like coming to this realization that oh, Brandon, he's like No, it is all secondhand. A isn't man. It? He's like a man that I would be interested in being with. And it seemed very at the end, to me at least, it seemed very like she settled. Like that's uh, Jane how Austen it does that though. She does that. There's a great but it's parodied in Northanger Abbey. Ah, fuck. Because, because you know, cause she, they're talking about how passionate she is and all these things, and then all of a sudden it's like, and she married Brandon, and, like, it was fine. <laughs> well, no, but, but just, there's, like, a line in there where she, like, realizes that, like, love happens, you know, like, that steadiness and that it doesn't have to be all, like, rush, heat, and passion, and that, like, she, there's... There's a there's a paragraph in there about how it develops into this passionate love. It's, so, it's like really at the end. Where's the book? It's in the bedroom. Do you want me to get it? Yes. Okay. Hold on. <clears throat> oh my god. Can we talk real quick about Mrs. Ferris, the sister, <laughs> and her outbreak with Lucy, and just Lucy in general? Lucy Steele is the worst. <laughs> like she's so. First of all, she's so mean to Eleanor. She's like a fucking delusional person. She's so mean to Eleanor, and then she's just like. Actually, you know what? Fuck you, Edward. Like, okay, no, no, no. Here, I found it. I found okay, it. Okay. okay, wait. Going back. Marianne Dashwood was born to an extraordinary fate. She was born to discover the falsehood of her own opinions to counteract and to counteract by her conduct her most favorite maxims. She was born to overcome an affection formed so late in life at, as at seventeen, and with no sentiment superior to another esteem and lively friendship and voluntary voluntarily give her hand to another and that other a man who had suffered no less than herself under the event of former attachment whom two years before she considered too old but was instead uh of falling a sacrifice instead of falling sacrifice to irresistible passion as once she had fondly flattered herself with expecting instead of remaining even forever with her mother and finding her own pleasures in retirement and study as afterwards in the more and calm sober judgment she had determined on god this book is wordy <laughs> she found herself at 19 submitting to new attachments entering new duties wait hold on i'm not that's not right then i'm like submitting like that's like i'm i'm sorry but no i don't there's a okay Mar- oh here yeah, i found it and then, no sorry it was another paragraph later let me just recite the whole book to you um and that marianne found her own happiness informing informing his was equally the persuasion and delight of observing of each observing friend marianne could never love by halves and her whole heart became in time as much devoted to her husband as it had once been to willoughby i agree with you i read that i remember that but hold on no (laughs) we are making dissertations out of this let's fucking read that back because here's what it says marianne could never love by halves and her whole heart became in time as much devoted to her husband as it had once been to Willoughby. What I take well, it could have been the two years. It didn't have to be married. So my interpretation of that was they got married and then like eventually she was like, I love him, I guess. No, see, I think it's the two years in between the, that we're missing. I guess so. It could be. It could be. I, I, but again, but again, we don't we're missing see, two years. We don't see any of it. You are right. And I'm like, well, the, the fuck? You're right. You're right. Because <laughs> it is a romance in that it has a HEA, but you're right. A lot of this book is not about the romance. Which is fine. It's about the sisters. And it's about, which is fine. But, if, like, if I'm going to read a romance, like, I want to read the relationship build. And I don't feel like we got it. Fair. We got the friendship building, but not the relationship. Okay, we also have to move on to our other questions. Because if we keep going, we're going to, this is going to be the longest podcast okay, we've yes. done. <laughs> um, which I'm fine with, but we got to get that done. Um, okay, so what's the twist? And so I asked you what's I was the super scandal. Wrong. Yeah. Allison said. I think that Eleanor elopes. Oh! <gasps> What? I think Eleanor elopes because she's the one that's all logical and whatever, and she's going to grow as a character, and she's going to fall in love with someone, and they're going to elope. Yeah, you were wrong. I was this absolutely was where you, like, wrong. bombed out and was like, this is not even close. 
Um, but the scandal, I actually think there's two. Yeah. And it's wrapped up in Colonel Brandon's confession about what happens with um, Eliza and Willoughby and the daughter and all of that. Well, I think one of the scandals is Willoughby, like, basically the revelation of Willoughby's wrongdoing. Yes. But I think the other scandal is Edward's fucking engagement for the last four goddamn years. Oh, yes. that That's what I meant by both. Sorry. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that two was sisters, the part that was most shocking to me. And then when they do that fucking red herring of, like, oh, I saw Mrs. Steele, but actually Mrs. Ferris or whatever. Yep. And, she, and Eleanor loses it. Yep. I literally was like, what the fuck? Like, I said it out loud. Get it. Because I was like, no, there's no way. I was like, this is, because there's no other men. So she's got, I was like, she's got to end up with Edward somehow. So this is wrong. And then once they revealed it, I was like, that's ridiculous. But it's good. It's good. Yeah. But Lucy. So do you want to go into that then with like Lucy and Edward? If Because this, I feel like, yeah. if this is like the bigger sh- scandal that shocked you. Um, which again, I just want to remind that Willoughby's a dick because he impregnated a girl and left her for dead. Yes, I agree. Okay. Willoughby's scandal did not shock me because I expected it from him. But from him. Edward's. So Edward, here's the thing about Edward. I do me. think about, I got a line when we are done, but I want to hear your <laughs> rant about Edward because I'm starting to feel like I agree with you and it's going to make me sad for Eleanor. Okay. So here's the thing about Edward for me. So he, okay. In the very, very beginning, he's visiting the family, whatever. Um, he and Eleanor for, form a tundra. Right? They're not, like, an attached or whatever, but there's obvious feelings. Yes. Um, And then he doesn't write to her, so we're all sad. And then we see him in town, but he's being weird. And then Lucy Steele comes into the picture. Or, no, we see Lucy Steele before. Yes. We meet Lucy before. We meet Lucy, and she's like... Because Lucy's in town, too, because they go to London together. Right. Yes. So we meet Lucy, and she's all, let me tell you this great secret. I'm engaged to him, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's actually even before they go to town. It is. Yeah, it's before they go to town. And... And Eleanor doesn't really believe her for a while, which I also kind of didn't believe her. I was like, you're just fucking making shit up. Um, And then we find out that it's true. And Edward is quiet. Like, we don't hear shit from him. He doesn't apologize to Eleanor. He doesn't come around and say, hey, I heard Lucy told you about this engagement. Like, yes, it's true. But actually, I don't want to be engaged to her. I actually love you, which would have... I think been a great speech to have. He doesn't do. He, sh- did, he gives. He gives the "I love you" speech at the end. At the end. Okay, I'm just saying I love the speech at the end. It's though. a good speech at the end, but I'm frustrated that he took. First of all, he was just like, "Mum's the word about all this fucking stuff forever," and one was leading on Lucy Steele, who is shitty. She's a shitty person, but she was being led on. Like they, you know, got engaged or whatever. Two was leading on Eleanor. Because they formed this connection and didn't. <laughs> no, that's okay. I just, there was one line. What was, I'm going to help support you. Yeah. So hold on. They formed this connection and didn't, he never mentioned shit about shit. Then he outright fucking lied about the like. Yes. Hair, with the ring. ring with the mm-hmm. hair. That bothered me too. Because I'm like, dude, this is the perfect opportunity to be like, actually, I'm engaged. Like, you know, you, it's, it's your out. You can, you can take this and run with it, or you can say, yeah, I'm engaged to this girl, but she's really attached to me and I'm not actually attached to you. And like, this is where we confess that I really love you and all this stuff. So he does all this stuff. We don't hear fucking anything from him. And then all this stuff goes down with his mom. And again, we don't hear fucking anything from him. It's all secondhand. All he could have done, all he had to do was write Eleanor a fucking letter and say, I feel compelled to marry this girl because I'm a good person and I entered into this contract and like I can't can't break it on you know on good faith or whatever. And then he just shows up and is like, well, first of all, she gets all fucking upset because she thinks that Lucy right. is married to him. Then he just shows up and and also is like still being weird, not doing anything to talk about the situation. Eleanor finally mentions it. Mentions the fact that he has a wife and he's like, wait, no, I don't. And then it's like, I'm here to ask you to marry me. <laughs> I'm like, I was just so, and I mean, I'm sure, whatever. I just think it's ridiculous how supportive of him she was the entire time when all he did was lie. And I'm, I'm going to do a quote because I remember this came, this stuck out to me 
when he says, I was simple enough to think my faith was plighted to another. There could be no danger in my being with you. Right. And that the consciousness of my engagement was to keep my heart as safe and sacred as my honor. I felt that I admired you, but I told myself it was only friendship until I began to make comparisons between yourself and Lucy. I did not know how far I got. I was got. After that, I suppose I was wrong to in remaining so at Sussex and the arguments with which I can reconciled myself to the expedient of it were these the danger was my own i am doing no injury to anybody but myself yeah and i was like okay edward that's really selfish yeah you bastard like um you're doing injury to two people specifically yeah and it it was weird and i remember thinking oh wait is edward not the (laughs) what and so, so i was thinking about it as like me reading it as a teenager versus reading it now and i was like Oh, hold on. Now that I've been through some relationships with right liars, I was like, hold on. This, what is this? What is this? And it made me stop. And so, like, what you're saying to me, I'm actually, like, hearing you and not as, like, the Colonel Brandon argument that I'm having right now. Of being <laughs> not like, the pouty face. Great. Not the pouty face that I have with Colonel Brandon. But, like, Edward, I'm like, maybe he doesn't deserve Eleanor. Eleanor. And maybe she is too forgiving. And shit. See, here's the thing. Eleanor is awesome. Like, I love she Eleanor. She is a great heroine, and she is an awesome sister, and she's a really fucking awesome person. And Edward is maybe not, like, a douche. You know, he's not Willoughby-level, but he's not – he does not deserve her. He's not great. I do not think that he deserves her. I still think the best couple in Austin – I mean, everybody is, like, Darcy and Lizzie, which I agree with because what I love about that relationship is that they both are flawed and that, but because we get it from Lizzie's side, we think Darcy's the only dick, but then like Lizzie goes through this transformation, like self-actualization of, oh fuck, I've been being a dick. And then they like are able to get over it, which is the whole point of Pride and Prejudice. But I love Emma and Knightley and how they support one another and the fact that they, I don't know. Something about the two of them doesn't feel as, like, icky as this Edward one does. And what's hard for me, though, is that, like, Catherine and Northrop's the villain. I don't remember who Catherine ends up with in Northanger Abbey offhand. But, like, that one's, like, a parody. And I don't know Mansfield Park and um, Persuasion at all. I haven't read either of them. I don't know them. So I can't judge as easily. Um, But out of the three or four, since there's two in here... Alex and Knightley, Alex Knightley and um, Emma are really the better ones. Yeah. So that was- this is the first time that like Edward and Eleanor like dunk down for me because I, yeah. I reread it and I was like, oh, that's not great. Right. Well, and I think it's, I struggled with it because I think Eleanor is really great. And I think in this instance, they're, I think that Eleanor and Marianne are both settling in different ways. I think Eleanor is settling for somebody who she loves but who maybe isn't a great person. She's, like, accepting that um, when she deserves better and that Marianne is settling for someone who she doesn't feel super passionate about. But I wonder... Maybe loves in a friendly way. Maybe. I wonder about... Because this was... Reread was also the first time I was like, why didn't Colonel Brandon and Eleanor end up together? Because they were such good friends and their conversations are some of my favorites, actually, in this entire book. And I kept thinking to myself, I was like, why is this not a thing? And I couldn't, I don't know if I got a justifiable reason. I think I would like them together better. Yeah. Maybe your ending was a better choice. Speaking of your ending, let's go back to your questions. Yay. Um, then we'll go to the, does the MC fall in love? Allison said. Marianne falls in love and ends up with Edward. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That's my call. And Okay. Eleanor, I think Eleanor might elope with the old man. Colonel Brandon? Yeah. And she was wrong. But I got it exactly opposite. You did get it exactly opposite. You were correct in that Willoughby's a fucktard and nobody's going to end up with him except what's her face with a bunch of money. And also, okay, hold on one second. Whenever he's like, if by some fateful circumstance I'm single again and Eleanor's like, you need to stop. Like that was one of my... In that whole speech, when he was being, he was bloviating about himself and how, what a tragic life he's led. Thank you. And Eleanor is like, I forgive you. 
which drove me insane. But I also think that she might have done it just to placate him. Do you ever think that she might have just been like, okay, I forgive you, get the fuck out? I feel like it would have been worded differently because I feel like there's a lot of double talk in this book and you can always tell. Fair. But there is that line where he's like, and if by some circumstance I'm single again and Marianne's not married and Eleanor's like, I'm going to shut that down right now. Mm -hmm. Like, stop. That's the only redeeming part of that speech for me from her. Yes. Anyway, please continue. No, that's okay. I just, I, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because it is a really great moment. And it does show that Eleanor is this, like, she, she is just great. And just yeah. because we don't necessarily relate to Marianne, I still think both of them as female heroines in this, as 17 and 19 year olds, are pretty well done. You know, you could yeah. put Marianne's plight in a YA novel now. There's about a dozen and a times N about them. You know, it makes sense and it works for her age group. And I think they are still well done characters. Um, I do think Eleanor's journey is a little bit more complete. But I really am now like spinning here. Like, why is there not? I have two ideas now. It's like, I want to write a fanfic of what happens when Eleanor and Brandon are actually engaged and they fall in love and Marianne does become a spinster and Edward can go fuck off and marry Lucy. Or the other one I want now, though, is Willoughby killing off his wife and that murder mystery so that he can get back together with Marianne. Like, that's what, maybe they can be the same. So that's what happens. That's what prompts it. Colonel Brandon gives up on Marianne and marries Eleanor because they all just, because Marianne can't get over her shit. And then Willoughby's like, oh my God, Marianne's a spinster. I'm going to kill my wife. And then it's a murder mystery. And then there we go. They're at some kind of house party where everyone's stuck there. There is a death at Pemberley was a very popular novel. I mean, that's a pretty common trope, like, and house parties in that area were, like, two, a thing. Week, two weeks long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I guessed that Eleanor and Brandon would end up together and that Marianne and Edward would end up together. Um, I think that I wanted it to not be the original pairings. Like, I thought it was going to be more twisty yeah. than it ended up being. No. I s- More windy, but not more twisty. Yeah. I think it ended up... Roundabout, maybe, is the better word. Yeah. I, you know, we just spent, like, 30 minutes talking about my Edward problems. That's but okay. I do think that it's more compelling couple for Colonel Brandon and Marianne, or not Marianne, Eleanor to be together, because she's so level-headed, and she's so much more his speed. Like, they're really great friends. Yeah, I love their conversations. Like, it's it's one of my favorite platonic relationships. Like, even if we don't ship them and, like, just leave it as a friendship, yeah. it's also a really great developed friendship. Like, it the two of them friendship. end up trusting each other and the fact that he's able to go to her and be like, hey, I need you to talk to Edward about this offer. And that's another action that he does that he doesn't have to do. Sorry. Yeah, I just, again, in yeah. my head, I'm going back to, like, the thesis of the men in Austin's novels are better are ranked more highly based off what they do versus what they say okay which i know you're about to come back at me with edward for it and i know it but because he does that if that's that's, but if that's the model yeah he isn't good yeah i know shit he's shitty i know i know and it's making me sad i'm abiding by my ruling you're you're allowed it's fine (laughs) i'm just a little bit crushed here now i are we even on Aragon maybe a little bit? I don't think so. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I'm not crushed. That book was fully destroyed for me. Yeah. I kind of ripped that one a new one. Um, But no, okay, regardless, that was Sense and Sensibility. Do you have any other final? I think we like tore that to pieces, really. Yeah, we really kind of dove in there. But I'm also really proud that while this is not a podcast that is like thesis driven it's not lit class or you know what i mean it's not those ones that like go deeply into the analytics we're joking about plot i still think it we had a great discussion about like the different meanings behind things and what that's what i love and why i think that austin can still be read and still be analyzed and you know and the fact that even though you said that you know this took a different brain power and it yeah. or more brain power like you were still able to pull quotes out you still were able to like talk about the diction and be like this would have been worded differently if i think we were talking about marianne if it or was something. double talk yeah yeah it was double talk or something like oh eleanor and willie um that fucked hard and god he's the worst he's awful um that i i still love that we were able to read it and and maybe take a different different route with yeah this I mean, it, it was title it was hard it was hard to read but i think that um it's i mean it's a good book for yeah. sure and i think that if you don't go into it 
with the expectation of reading a sweeping romance and more with the expectation of this is a novel about like family then I think I would have been less disappointed is the wrong word but like less felt like a little duped yeah because like I, I expected to read the Colonel Brandon and Marianne romance if that's what it was going to be and I'll I didn't, write you that and I didn't get to read it that's what so. I'll do I'll write you a Colonel Brandon and Marianne romance okay. um but so maybe I just marketed it to you wrong because in my head I see it as Jane Austen has does romances but maybe I just pitched it wrong and that really sense and sensibility is more her family story well, than I think anything Emma else is for sure more and so is Pride and Prejudice yeah you get a lot more because they're together a lot yes. more Exactly. Well, that being said, what book are you going to market to me for the month of March? Which you just picked before we started recording. Not to spoil anybody. I did. Just well, I had I had it in my brain, but I hadn't fully decided. I was picking between a few. So okay. Um, where where are we headed? What are um, we doing? Okay, so it is. <laughs> are you going to make me guess? Yeah, hold on. Let okay. me give you some clues. Okay. I'm looking for the page. Count. I kind of love how we've now created this like mini prediction in the review episodes of like, what is the book that we're going to be reading? And it's, it's kind of a fun little side game. Oh, it's long. Oh, fuck, girl. Sorry. In okay, advance. but wait, I'm going on five plane rides in March. Oh, you got this. I'm going to do, I can do it. <laughs> it's I, also a great audiobook. I, okay, but no, but I'm dead serious. I'm going on five plane rides in March, so I can do this. Yeah. What's up? Okay, so it's fantasy. Fuck. It's YA. Fuck. It's... Is it old? Not super old. It was published... Let's see, where was the date? No, it's published in 2012. Okay, that's not super old. Um, The author just, like, this week had a new book come out in the series, but it's, like, a additional. It is a series. You're not making me read. No. You, it's... it. You're not making me do Leigh Bardugo, right? No, 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 Okay. No. no. Okay. Well, she did just um, have a book come out, like, two weeks ago. No, you're right. Her. I just don't know what even what book I would make you read by Leigh Bardugo. Um, the Shadow and Bone. Because you've read the first I one and want, I haven't. I don't want to reread it. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and I was also like, that one's not long. There is... Are there dragons? Death Worship and Assassins and Castle Politics. And the book just came out? No. Well, no. yeah. the the In the seer, in the universe, a new book just came out. And it's YA? How do yeah. I not know about a new book release that's YA? I don't... May, or maybe it's coming out soon and I've just seen a bunch of arcs. Possible. <gasps> but I think it just came out. I don't... Is the author female? I would guess so, but honestly, it's How an ambiguous name. Well, it's a it's a, a gender neutral name. Well, hold on. It, you've read the up. series. I know, but like I don't <laughs> fucking read the you know I don't read the about the author stuff. Remember? Oh, that's true. I do. Okay, hold on. Wait, I'll look, click on it on Goodreads. It'll tell me. <laughs> Watch. Yes, <laughs> it's a female. Yes. I don't know who is it. All right, so in March you are going to be reading Grave Mercy by Robin Lefevre. Oh, we just had Robin Lefevre. Yeah. We just had Robin. I knew her book just came out. We did. We just, according darkness. But it's a new brand new thing. It's, it's in the same, same universe. universe, but right. it's a brand new trilogy. Right. That's what I said. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, How fucking long is that book? It's 500 and something. Yeah. <laughs> range. Okay, hold on. Well, okay. Aragon was longer though, wasn't it? Aragon, I think, is still the longest book we've had. It's 549 pages. Let me see how long Aragon was. Yeah, I'm still convinced that Aragon was longer. Because Aragon, I think, reached 602. That sounds right. I just love how we started so no. epic. No. Aragon was 503. No! <laughs> okay, but you have a lot of plane rides. I and do have a lot of... Pl- I do have a lot... I do have... I'm going, like, coast to coast. It's not even, like, a, an hour plane ride. Yeah. It's, like, I'm going from Florida to California to New York. Um, and I read... I listened to this book whenever I moved from Missouri to Colorado, um Grave that was what Mercy, i see castle Pol- yeah i would have never known i would not have but you are right and that yeah. uh courting darkness did just come out and we had an awesome event with robin lefevre so um, basically the like very high level blurb is it's about a girl who um escapes from the brutality of an arranged marriage into the sanctuary sanctuary of the covenant of saint mortain who is the d- god of death and the nuns who run this covenant uh, train all the girls to be assassins. And just, I'm down. Yeah. I'm so down. It's very good. I'm, I'm so down. Excited to read it, and it's a big departure from this. Yes. So it'll like be refreshing, a, it, but it's also like kind of a departure. Like we're going back to this, you know, because we're going back to fantasy. Yeah, we haven't done like a true big fantasy, fantasy. in a while. No. Yeah, because we did this one. We did a mystery. We did a contemporary. I mean, and Golden Compass is like almost sci-fi in my head, and it's like JF. Yeah. And this is not. This is not. 
Cool. Well, I'm excited, and Yay. I hope that you guys are excited, too, to read Grave Mercy with us by Robin LeFevre. Um, Please read that in March with us. Get it from your local independent bookstore or your local library. Yes. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, we'll be doing our predictions episode in, like, two weeks again. We'll let you guys know, but it gives her plenty of time to read this 600-and-something fucking no, big book. No, 549. Where's the 549? That's not that bad. You're fine. No, I'll be fine. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll add to my overall page rating for the year. But I'm right now... I've also got um, Anna Karenina that I'm trying to get oh through. Oh, my God. I love it. That's long, though. It's 870-something pages. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, read Grave Mercy with us. Yay. Rate us five stars. Follow us on all the social media. Um, give us a review so that you can get an awesome sticker and an awesome bookmark. Yes. Um, anything else you want to add? No. Cool. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Keep making novel predictions. Yay! Bye! Bye! Bye.